Hi, my name is Dexter, and I've got two friends with me, um, Ivana and Karen, um, and um, we have been working on this project um, called Kagera for uh, a while now. We are now doing something a bit different, um, and it's a little bit scary, and it's exciting at the same time. Um, we are going to make a podcast. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure um, how this is going. Anyway, um, so who are we? Why are we doing this podcast? And why should anybody care? <laughs> um, so let's let's just um, sort of like unpack that a little bit there. Like, okay, so who are we? So um, I'm I'm Dexter. I'm a, a doctor and. Um, I help people with dementia, um, and I do a bit of research in that at UCL. Um, and um, met Ivana um, about um, when was that? When was that? That was um, twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a um, financial services professional uh, from across sort of biz dev, product development, and pricing. Uh, and I wanted to help solve a problem that my mother-in-law was facing. So meeting Dexter at the prime time of in my life. Yes, yes, it's really good when you're heavily pregnant. Yeah, I'm heavily pregnant with child number two, but that's a whole other story. And then we have Karen. Yes, so Karen, tell us, tell us. Okay, um, so about you. Well, well, tell them about you <laughs> because we already know you. You, you know, yeah, unfortunately, but you stuck by me, so that's quite good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm. I wear a few hats. I used to be a pharmacist. So I've come across lots of uh, issues around older people and um, their health, particularly their mental health, which Dexter, we can talk about with the dementia and the Alzheimer's. Um, But also I've had personal experience um, uh, as a journalist. I, my father, when, when I was doing my journalism, my father was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease and came up with, I think, very similar issues and problems and challenges that Ivona mm. uh, you've experienced personally and that Dexter you've come across in all your patients yeah, I think yeah, as well yeah. so yeah that's that's why I'm with you today yeah so it was just really interesting um, how we all sort of met um, and I think we, we just tell you the, the story of how it happened to hopefully you think it's interesting or, or we don't really care actually because we'll just see <laughs> it's just us really um, so okay I'll tell you a little bit about me so um, so I grew up in somewhere called the British Virgin Islands in the Caribbean um, and uh, I've always been a bit of a an interesting person I was interested in like tech and trying to like do different things like in the 90s I had one of those like I don't know if you, any of you remember those GeoCities um, web pages <laughs> the fan page for things you see I'm just like I this. grew up in the 70s yeah, and yeah, 80s yeah. before even <laughs> I got Dexter but okay. okay okay fine fine but anyway I was coding HTML1 I think they're on like five or six or something now I have no idea um, and um, I always sort of was interested in, in how to sort of like do things with computers and the internet was just a really cool thing because it was on an island with like hardly any people and it was the only way that I could actually like see the outside world um, that wasn't sort of involving a huge um, trip somewhere um, and so I became a doctor and I 
you know, went through the whole process of medical school and all that and somehow ended up working with a lot of um, older people. And I realized over time that um, I was mostly interested in um, the people that were a little bit off um, cognitively and they were the most fun patients, actually, the delirious patients. <laughs> and I just always was interested to like talk to them and understand like their, their altered um, sort of perception of the world. It was really fascinating to me. And then I ended up... Um, Going um, from that to then actually dealing with people who actually have um, dementia, and that interest has sort of um, led me to notice a few different things um, that have um, really, really big impacts on them. So, um, as as a doctor, I would have this scenario um, where you'd have. Um, someone probably you know maybe not that old like mid 70s that, that they, they come in um, and they have um, some kind of uh, simple chest or urine infection and then you get to meet the family and then you sort of see oh, wait something is not quite right here um, and then you get little like chips and drabs of it during the um, the admission and then the penny drops at one point um, where it's either some sort of comment or maybe in one case there was like someone coming with some like legal letters and stuff um, that this person um, actually had been struggling for quite some time doing some of the things that they've got to do like managing their money and making sure that things are paid on time and um, had one patient where the lights went out on him while he was in hospital and I sort of seen, had seen this before but hadn't really thought much about it because I thought oh well you know life happens and sometimes things get a little bit chaotic but then it became like a weekly thing where with every week there would be someone that would have some sort of massive problem um, and it would prevent us from being able to discharge them safely and it would um then turn into a, a massive um, nightmare for the family. So um, I remember one day, um, and this really affected me, um, I had a patient's relative. She just absolutely broke down in front of me and she just started crying because she was like, Doctor, this, this, this is just, it's so hard and I don't know what to do and it's like really really not only stressing me out but like and my hair is falling out I am like you know just completely like falling apart at this point in time and all I need um, to help is to get a bank statement so that I can show something to somebody so that they can say yes your uncle can you know go into the care home um, and, and I was also like well that's a bit ridiculous and um, it was actually, you know, going through it in, it in a bit more detail. This guy um, had been like six months. One of his friends stole some money from him and his accounts were all frozen. And there wasn't anything done in advance. And um, he essentially um, had to stay admitted with us for several months because we couldn't um, actually, um, like help and you know some people were like oh well you know isn't anything that we can do we fixed his medical problems and we have found a care home place but the family have to just work out how to figure out the money stuff and i thought well we aren't really helping him are we he had a few hospital acquired infections and i was like this is just not fair because he um, actually after a while he thought that um he was being detained against his will um, and, and that we sectioned him under the Mental Health Act or something and he kept asking Doc is something 
else happening that you're not telling me? I'm like, no, it's just really. And he was, he was just like, and then he started to cry as well. And I was like, okay, need to do something about this. And I started looking for ways that we could kind of like help. And there weren't really any ways there. And I kind of felt a little bit like I wasn't being a very good doctor to him because it was a problem and I couldn't fix it. And so that's how I ended up on this sort of like journey trying to help people like that. Really, Dexter, I can really um, affiliate with that or associate myself with your story. And especially, you talked about one thing coming from uh, the British Virgin Islands, and that the internet gave you an outward-facing view. So, I have a mother-in-law who has multiple sclerosis, and she can't move physically very far. And in fact, that's exactly what the internet does for her. She lives on the internet. She's seventy plus, and uh, you know, lives on every social website, every any site you could imagine that exists. She's registered on it and uh, as a result which is great it gives her opportunities that she possibly couldn't have and it makes her quality of life probably a lot better than it could be which is which is positive mm. um, so we're, we're big fans uh, my husband his her son and I the downside of that is there's access to um, people uh, products um, you know uh, digital places that um, she can spend money on and or uh, give money to that she doesn't have and she's not great at managing her finances so the examples that you're speaking about really um, really the, with me the penny hit uh, when when I found out that she was sending money to long lost lovers in Ghana oh, no. who uh, were writing her poetry uh, so that was a good one the other good one was um, and, and these are you know thousands of Canadian dollars these aren't sort of hundreds or tens um, and of course for somebody who has not worked very much in her life you know has a little bit of a pension pot etc you really want to be making maximizing every pe penny you have um, and not not sharing it around um, and then uh, the other great opportunity is given she lives in a small space um, she regularly shops uh, with furniture stores so she regularly buys um, the new sofa and the new and so forth which is great and sometimes she'll buy it multiple times she doesn't realize and then they deliver multiple similar products and, and so forth and uh, you know and often it, it got to me thinking well why is there nothing I can do just why I mean I live in the UK which isn't helpful we are there's, we're an ocean apart but there's literally nothing I can do today and uh, I forced my husband and his sister to go with her to see her doctor on multiple occasions uh, they didn't want to deal with it because most of the time close family relatives do not want to look themselves in the mirror and actually see a problem when there is a problem often until the problem is really out of control I think probably the money being sent to Africa was the first time that they both realized right there's a real problem but there were many indications of that prior there were smaller amounts etc and um and they, they both went to the doctor and the, the worst part of the whole story is the doctor said she is cognitively not in a bad state and although both the brother and uh, the son and daughter were asking for a lasting power of attorney he basically said she doesn't have to give them one if she doesn't want to so they left no better off than previously mm. and then the, the year after i think um I think she was attempting to declare herself bankrupt so for like the third time in a row so it's just a spiraling situation um, and then numerous health problems on the back of it 
And I, I really thought there is something one can do, and we live in a digital world. And, uh, and I decided that during my mat leave, um, expecting my second child, um, if, um, if with my first mat leave, I attempted a project to do with children, if that doesn't work, and it didn't, it was a fast failure, um, then let's attempt something in the elderly or vulnerable space to try and help out people like my mother-in-law um, and help them out preventatively, proactively, and help those like me uh, or us um, have tools to uh, to use, even if they're not perfect, at least, you know, basic tools to get yeah. started. And I think that was like a really like powerful motivation. And like we ended up um, just being introduced by chance, didn't we? Like, but, um, totally by chance. Eric um, did yeah, <laughs> this a- email introduction bit and um, we met for coffee and, and well, it just sort of happened. And then <laughs> it was also like, oh, I don't know if I actually told you this, but I was like, um, when I met you, I was like, I think I met my person. (laughs) I was sort of like, I met my business person. This is the idea. (laughs) This is it. This is the idea. (laughs) So he said my person, and I said that this is the idea. So there you go, person plus idea. And And then we met Karen. Match made in heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I just remember like you were like in the delivery suite, and you were like, Dexter, do you remember that thing that um, you were telling me about? Can you um, um, the slide, the slide, that thing on the slide? Do you remember the thing? Yeah, delivery brings things into perspective. I mean, children bring things into perspective, as do you know the elderly. So, um, so thank, thanks for for having them. They definitely put my mind to. Um, they they focused my attention. Let's put it that way yeah, yeah. on what was important, and yeah. it was really important to try and uh, get Calgary off the ground because it can solve problems, and um, and I think we. We got to a point, the first time we actually realized that there was, that we were on the right track and that we were actually applying the right methodology in terms of R&D and, you know, even though we didn't know the right words for it, was we were at an Aging 2.0 conference where the head of... What's, what's Aging 2.0 for people that don't know what that is? Well, Aging 2.0 is an, uh, a... A non-profit organization that um, collaborates across the world uh, to bring to market um, ideas that could help aging populations across the spectrum of products, services, and basically they have a champion in every country that they have presence in, yeah. and that, that champion is the one who connected Dexter and I, and uh, that great champion organizes regular events, and we were at one of these events, um, and uh, the head of innovation at a large pharmaceutical was giving an absolutely phenomenal talk about um, how important it is to include your future users or your prospect users in your product development Uh, and it was it brought it to life for me because we realized we knew so much about the issue at hand and the users the prospect users and their issues that um that i was dumbfounded and and really excited and loved everyone who was there and their presence and karen was in fact there so karen um, answered some great questions and got really involved in some of the discussion and i fell in love <laughs> <laughs> the second time yes, yes. Dexter. So, so it was, it was kind of like we 
were sort of like chatting and, and I, I remember um, we were just there and um, it was one of those things where like we were chatting and it was going on for some time and like no one was trying to leave <laughs> it's like you, said, you find like-minded people and it's in this sea of people who have not understood you they don't listen they don't process what you're listening they're not actively listening and all of a sudden i'm sorry i found a captive audience <laughs> who were not only listening but actively listening and feeding it all yeah, back yeah. so it was a real for me a real revelation because I, I remember hearing your um personal story mm. that night yeah yeah, so, I still remember that night because uh, Dom was in his um, he, he was, was in his prom. He was in his, he was, his prom. I, actually, I brought, yeah, well. I brought my yeah my kid. Sorry, yeah, I forgot that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I brought my uh, newborn child to all of these things. Yeah, yeah. he's the calculator baby. Winner. Yeah, he's the, <laughs> he's the real like you know creation. I have to show a photo afterwards, but obviously photos are hard to stream. As we well, can probably put a link to it um, at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> So, so sort of a counter to what you had. Mm. My parents were completely, my mother calls herself a technophobe. Mm. They have internet in the house, never used it. It's that box in the corner that blinks every now and again. Not worried. Um, And my father was diagnosed with Parkinson's, very aggressive form of Parkinson's mm. fell off a cliff uh, he had pneumonia because mm. he stopped being able to swallow ended up in hospital um, and the, the first sort of thing with aging that you come across mm. is um, we want to have our loved ones around with us for a lot longer but is that fair so that mm. they could extend his life mm. by fitting a feeding tube into mm. his stomach mm-hmm. which would extend his life indefinitely yeah. but yes. it did mean that he was on a feed for eight hours a day and yes. um, yeah the, the first the, the next thing I found was asking the right questions mm-hmm. so I was very fortunate with my pharmacist hat on although I hadn't practiced for such a long time I still knew the NHS mm. system I knew the different health professionals and I knew to ask the right questions because originally social services came in and they just said so which nursing home would you like your dad to go in and my mum looked at me and I said oh we want to care for him at home and they said oh yeah that's possible but they never put it on the table Mm -hmm. we had to ask for it so you have to learn Mm -hmm. who to ask ask the right questions so Mm. and in the meantime you're dealing with a father who's going to be very incapable and my Mm. mother's going to be a 24-hour carer in the house Mm. so so unprepared so unprepared and everyone looking suddenly at me so I have a sister and two brothers looking at me and it's like you're taking all the decisions great hands off uh, it's, always, it's, always, it's always like the, the one uh, as I call the sacrificial lamb of the family so you end up and you just go through these series of plateaus and then you drop off a cliff plateau and drop off a cliff and you it just declines it's like, like Parkinson's dementia mm. it's never going to get any better and what you what I found was um, denial mm. almost kind of what you you had there was a denial that anything was wrong yeah. and I'm having to be the bad pixie and start saying uh, dad can't sign any checks anymore because he's lost any sort of mm-hmm. you know mobility yeah. in his hands and we face bringing a solicitor into the house Mm. to try and get power of attorney mm. and just around all of this you then have the health and then you have mums never 
taking care of any bills. They didn't have a joint bank account. They'd been married for 50 years. They deal in cash and checks. Um, And actually, after my father passed away, she was left totally vulnerable and and she'd never lived on her own. So I think a lot of women, she's 80 now, a lot of women of her generation, they got married very young, straight out of home. Husband took care of all their affairs, Mm -hmm. especially the money. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly they're just left there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I don't know about a direct debit. I don't know about this. I don't know how, you know, to get the best deals, all of this sort of thing. So it actually just spiraled and spiraled and spiraled. You're watching your father. He's emaciated, um, you know, on a hospital bed. And all you keep, all that keep, kept me going was he wanted to die at home. Mm-hmm which he did mm. and it was it mm. was very beautiful we don't yeah. talk about death that's another yeah. thing we don't talk about how to die mm-hmm. and that was another thing that we had to sort of start talking and facing um, and it was me that had to bring it up and um, it was as the district nurse says a very beautiful death <laughs> however the energy and the emotion and the frustration and mm. the, uh, it was it, I never questioned whether it was worth it, but it's, it takes years to recover. Mm. If I'd have had something mm. where we could have coordinated just finances or yeah. just health, mm. and trying like you were trying to have a baby, and mm. I'm trying to carry a, a full-time job, mm. and we're all distributed around the country with my siblings, and there's tension between siblings on what's best, and um, yeah, it was. It was all so. I kind of like you. I'm like looking at how could technology. I'm very interested in mm. how technology can keep older people in their own homes and remain independent. Yeah. Because my parents really resented me parenting them. Mm-hmm. This parent, the parent. Mm-hmm. They wanted their independence. However, I started to go to these digital catapult yeah, meetings, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and lots of great ideas on technology to help older vulnerable people keep them in the home usually involving cameras as my mother said you're spying on me <laughs> you can see me you'll never come round and visit me if you can see me in a camera um, and at one of these meetings I just said okay that's, that's a lovely piece of technology and how many people over 75 said they would like to use that technology and everyone so, fell silent because they said, mm. oh, we haven't actually asked anyone. And I think when Eric suggested that I come to the June 2.0 meeting and I met you two, what I heard was you were going directly to these older people mm-hmm. who will be either using or benefiting from the technology yeah. and finding out what they want, how it impacts on their lives. And you had... Because we pretty much went to my great aunt's um, day centre and yeah. we were like with um, Ivana baked some cookies and we had cups of tea and um, it was uh, it was it was interesting. Um, I think it was <laughs> useful. I think it... We met the 93-year-old that does online banking. Yeah. yeah. You had a business hat on. Yeah. Which is great. You know, it's like I met all these different startups and these businesses. And and I think, you know, yes, great, get these products to market because there's such a huge need. People like me, people like us. Um, But actually finding someone that actually had thought about the emotional side of the problem and married it up. uh, Yeah, for me, it was a win. Look, that's the key, right? In the end, um, if... 
if we can if we can develop a solution that can generate revenue to reinvest in itself and improve itself and solve more problems than just one at the start I think that would be key um, so start starting with the basics making them work you know generating some revenue reinvesting back in and and expanding to solve more problems like uh, solve situations that we've been talking about or at least provide tools and platforms to help solve start to solve some of these situa- uh, situations we would be better off than where we are today which is having nothing yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. um i really enjoyed that i don't know about you um but um i thought that was a pretty good um chat yeah yeah yep. um and to whoever's listening to this um it might be aliens or um my next door neighbor who knows um <laughs> probably my mum actually like, yeah. Yeah. it's probably my mum anyway um she's on whatsapp Let's not get into that yeah. right yeah. now. Um, anyway, um, so um, I'm Dexter. Ivana Wolf. And Karen Thomas. And we are going to maybe have another episode or a few. Um, and um, Calgera is um, something that we've been working on. It's a labor of love. And um, hopefully you tune in for the next one. <laughs>